Welcome you to the sports kingdom. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I'm joined by my co-host, Tyler Pachelke. What's up, TP? Feels good to be back in here on, on a Tuesday for yeah, once. Yeah, no, it's been a while. We've been off uh, off our schedule for a couple weeks now. Yeah, because of my hand injury, we had to kind of work around a couple things. Right after Christmas, too. Yeah, but uh, we're back. We're back on Tuesdays. It's, a, it's another TSK Show Tuesday. We got another great episode for you guys, but before we start, be sure to follow us on all social media at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK Show. Check us out on Anchor as well, anchor.fm slash TSK Show, or just download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. Be sure to subscribe to the show and rate us as well. Let us know what you think in the comments, all of that. We have an awesome episode for you tonight. Some big news for the NFL as Kyler Murray has announced he is fully committed to football and is putting baseball on the back burner. Also, in the starting five, we're discussing if we think Paul George should be put into the MVP conversation, which streak is more impressive, Russell Westbrook's 10 straight triple doubles or James Harden's 30 straight games of 30 points or more. And the Lakers find themselves in another tampering situation and a little bit more to close the show. Uh, so why don't we dive right into it uh, with Kyler Murray, the Heisman winning quarterback, announced yesterday on his Twitter that he's fully committed to becoming an NFL quarterback. Uh, I think the timing of this announcement, and I think we all think this, uh, it's a little bit interesting because uh, he was supposed to report to the Oakland Athletics spring training uh, on Friday of this week. And basically for the breakdown, because he was drafted by the Athletics, he did receive a signing bonus. Uh, for being a draft pick he in total uh, was given 4.66 million dollars as a signing bonus 1.5 of which has already been given to him and it was sitting in a in like a bank account uh, because he couldn't touch it because he's still technically an amateur Mm -hmm. in the NCAA as a football player uh, at the time but uh, because he is sticking to football he has to return 1.29 million of the 1.5 already given to him, and he is forfeiting 3.16 million dollars that is owed to him by March 1st of this year. Uh, and the A's are putting them on their restricted list, uh, and they're going to retain his rights, but they won't be getting a compensatory draft pick that teams would normally get when a draftee doesn't sign. So I think it's kind of kind of a big deal that he's giving back all of this guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. What, what do you what do you what are your thoughts on that? Since and the NFL contracts aren't guaranteed. Well, yeah, this is uh, it's an interesting one, but I think just being a multi-sport athlete growing up and understanding like where football lies with the world, yeah, and where baseball lies with the world, I can sit here at you know at my age even i being at 30 years old yeah and just look back and be like oh yeah you should play baseball like it's just a smarter decision yeah but i it's harder for me to get back in touch with a kid who was like if this is your favorite sport that's what you that's what you should play if this is what you want to do it's easier to put the time and, and it, it's so much work to be a pro athlete that you really should want to be there and not just playing it safe or doing what you think is right for the long haul because i think you know I think most people would say baseball is the smarter play. I think Long, everybody would say baseball is the smarter career, play. Longer career, more money. He's already get the guaranteed money. Right. Um, it All that shit makes sense to us. But I think as a 21-year-old kid that could be an NFL quarterback, uh, that's like a dream come true. I, I, I think he's just having a hard time passing up on it, well, which is why it took so long well, and also to make a, make a decision. I think I think a big factor is the fact that Let's say he does get drafted in the first round. Mm-hmm. He'd be the first player ever yeah, yeah, to be yeah. drafted in the first round of both uh, yeah. of of any two leagues. Yeah, he'll be extremely valuable like, marketing wise. Well, forget that. It's just if a team that has a top pick in the NFL draft is clearly looking for something. If they're looking for a quarterback and they need a quarterback to start day one, yeah, he's starting day one. 
if he were to go to baseball and go to the athletics, he might yeah, spend yeah. three, maybe even four years in the minors yeah. before even touching the majors. That's why I think it's all about perspective for this decision. Like, I think, you know, like I said, baseball to a lot of people is smarter because of the longevity and the money. But there it is that the lore of football, being a quarterback, being an NFL quarterback, um, just how you know how everybody sees the game. It's it's more exciting. It's a funner life. It's a it's a sexier pick. Hundred uh, percent. And like yeah, it's a much more glamorous be, lifestyle. He's gonna be in the mix right away, especially if he's a first round draft pick. He'll start making money right away because you know yeah because of the way the the rookie contracts are scaled for the first round. Especially playing quarterback, he's playing the highest paid position, and he's gonna get so many endorsements by being yeah. a dual sport athlete. Yeah. That you know. This is like Deion Sanders was like extremely marketable. Did you see the Deion Bo, Sanders thirty Bo, for thirty? Bo Jack, no, I didn't. Oh, it was uh, great. Bo Jackson, extremely marketable. You know, both those guys, signature sneakers. You know what I mean? Iconic commercials. Um, yeah. that's the kind of shit that he could be in line for if he plays football. Yeah. So. So it makes sense. You know what I mean? It's not. It's not a huge surprise that he picks the sport of football. It's just a lot of people. I think before. Right. I mean, I think. I think it's great that he chose football, but I also think that if it doesn't work out, which it might not because of his size, because mm-hmm. we don't know if he's 5'9", 5'10", 5'11", whatever he is, yeah. it's good that the Athletics still have his rights yeah. and he, he has the chance. And I can't remember if it's three or five years that they get to keep on to keep hold of his rights. But if football doesn't work out in the first two or three years, he could say, fuck it, I'm going back to baseball and yeah. go right back to the Athletics. It'll be Yeah, and he'll be fine. And then another interesting thing was he had an agent for baseball, which was Scott Boris, one of the most notorious agents in all of sports. Yeah. Uh, so that's obviously a big name. He just signed with the same agent that represents Cliff Kingsbury. And obviously Cliff Kingsbury is the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. The mm-hmm. Arizona Cardinals have the number one draft pick. And while at Texas Tech as the head coach uh, being interviewed, I believe it was probably before the Oklahoma game, uh, what were Kingsbury's thoughts on Kyler Murray? And he said he would probably pick him number one overall in the draft. And now he has the chance to. Yep. So I saw on Twitter earlier today, Ian Rappaport quoted uh, an NFL GM that he was talking to. And basically the NFL GM said that there has not been a player since Eli Manning that has had more control over where he gets drafted than Kyler Murray. Yeah, that's pretty. I mean, that's pretty close. Because uh, at the end of the day, yeah. let's say a team is gonna, let's say Arizona passes and someone later in the draft says, "Okay, we're gonna draft you." Yeah. Kyler's and Kyler doesn't want to go play for that team. He can say, "No, I'm going back to baseball." Yeah, and that's yeah, that's uh, he definitely has that kind of pull if he didn't want to play for a certain team. And I mean, but he told the athletics. He told he the controls. athletics. He he told the athletics he wasn't gonna play football. Now he's playing football. Yeah, no, and I think he played the game right. He tried. Oh, hundred percent, he played the game. He right. tried to play it as long as he could. Um, the weird thing for me, like kind of analyzing this situation, is I didn't really think he's like a number one overall pick. I don't think he's don't a think number he's, one overall pick either. I don't think he's a first round necessarily a first round even draft pick. So I think I think Kuiper and McShay have him around like thirteen to the Dolphins. Yeah, and uh, that could be that's more like plausible to me. But number one seems. Seems awfully high. I mean, he was a he was a great player. Don't get me wrong, but it just I've seen a lot better talent go. At that, oh, hundred percent that, that position. So um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where he lands in the draft. But that's that's kind of the, the part where it's like Arizona taking him. That's just weird to me. Even though it's like you know, if you're a head coach, you want to win now. You want to play your best. Yeah, it's like they just drafted Josh Rosen, who is a perfectly capable yeah yeah no, project for Cliff and, Kingsbury. And a lot of people think you know he's going to be a uh, a good quarterback, not just you know an average quarterback. They think he's going to be good. So to draft a number one again would be weird. Yeah. Um, but if I was a uh, if I was a team that needed a quarterback like Denver. Or or uh, Jacksonville or Miami or any of those teams like I would definitely at, take a look at him. I would try to trade for Josh Rosen because then you're all of a sudden then putting, you're for, then you're forcing Arizona's hand. You're not going to get it. You're not going to get a quarterback as good as Josh Rosen in the draft. No. Like Josh Rosen, if he was in the draft right now, would be the first pick. I would agree with that. Um, and so it's like you put the pressure all of a sudden where in you know you trading 
whether it's picks or or something to get Josh Rosen uh, from Arizona, if you even offer the trade, then all of a sudden Arizona really is like not, you know, you're really putting the pressure on them to take him number one overall because they can be like, well, now we know, like, even if, if we do take him number one, we can get rid of Rosen as well. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's definitely going to be interesting. He is going to be at the Combine, which is starting in a, in a few weeks, I believe. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what he participates in. Uh, cause yeah, it's always, as it, far as that comment goes though, I just don't, I don't see him having anywhere near the same kind of control Eli Manning did. I mean, it's just like, it's Arizona or nothing. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like, it's, you're either as of right now today, it's either like people are talking like, Oh, wouldn't that be, you know, Cliff Kingsbury said this. Um, and now he, you know, he yeah. said this offhand remark basically yeah, trying to give the kids props. And now he's in the position, not where, knowing he would. Be leave, in this position. Leave Texas Tech, go to USC, and then yeah. leave SC a month later and yeah. be in the NFL. I just don't think he's the number one pick. So I don't think I don't think I he's don't the number one Cliff pick Kingsbury either. Is gonna, um, I don't think he's gonna fall for this like trap of the media. Like, oh, you said this quote. You gotta that, you gotta stick to you it. You gotta you gotta do it now, or you're like lesser of a man, or whatever the fuck you want to say. You know, it's uh, it's a weird one, and so I don't think he has control. Like he doesn't. Well, the, the ability had, to go back to baseball is is a bit of control. Yeah, it it is, but he's not like picking where he doesn't want to go or where he does want to go. He's gonna see where he lands, and there's a long process to go from now until yeah. then. He's gonna meet all these teams and stuff. Yeah, I mean, we got like two months till the draft. Eli. I mean, Eli, Eli was nuts. Eli said what he wanted. You know, he pulled he pulled closer to like a John Elway thing to yeah. me. John Elway and Eli are like the two biggest. Like, yeah, for pulls. sure. Yeah. All right. A uh, couple other NFL notes uh, before we move on to basketball. But uh, within the last two days, there's been some pretty big news regarding some. Well, a superstar and then a couple superstars, I would say. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't really consider the one of them a superstar anymore. No, but maybe superstar player, not a superstar person. Might might be, yeah. So we're not really going to get into how we feel about him being added to a roster. The matter of the fact is he has been added to a roster, so we're going to analyze it as such. Kareem Hunt has been signed to the Cleveland Browns on a one-year, one million dollar deal. Mm-hmm. He will be an unrestricted free or excuse me, he will be a restricted free agent after this year. Uh, he's still on the commissioner's uh, exempt list or yeah. the commissioner's yeah. list or whatever you want to call it. He can't play right now. Yeah, he can't play at all, and he's still facing suspension. We don't know how long it's going to be. I'm assuming it'll be probably six to eight games, if not more, <laughs> which is crazy. That a team would well, he's already and he's already serves. You know, he's already served a, a big portion of the suspension. Well, like getting yeah, out of the game. yeah. So I mean, Nick Chubb is an emerging star. I would say mm-hmm. as a running back, they have Duke Johnson, who they've had on the t- on the team for a while, and has been a serviceable running back, gotten the job done year in and year out for them, no matter the actual result of the game for them. And then this year, obviously, there was a couple more wins. But what do you think adding Kareem Hunt does to the Browns if he's able to be on the field? Well, I just think this is one of those plays where, um, the I mean, the thing you have to lose is just like you're from like a PR standpoint. Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? Like it's a smart business choice because there's no real like you have running back. So there's no like you're not depending on this guy. And if he can play. When he does play, he's a stud. Yeah. So it's like you can only really benefit from this as far as football and business goes. People are still going to watch the games. They're still going to come and watch the Browns. They're still going to buy jerseys and all that shit. So even if the even if the public sees it as like a bad move, like employing this person that they don't, uh, you know, see as a good person, um, there's the 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 money train still rolls for the Browns. Yeah, and so from a business and football standpoint, it's just like a win a, a win win scenario. Yeah, I think I think this is just a much different situation than the Ray Rice situation because Ray Rice was on the ladder of his career, and it's like yeah yeah no and it <clears throat> you know there's people want to give people second chances you know no matter how bad they messed up if you know he was a kid he was what twenty three years old. 
Yeah. Um, he was a kid. People make mistakes. Now he made a really bad mistake. Horrible. Horrible. But, you know, at the same time, everybody, you know, he's just an extremely talented person. So he's in unusual circumstances and he's going to get the benefit of the doubt normally. Well, yeah. And he's gotten that benefit of the doubt from the Cleveland Browns organization. Yep. So, and so, you know, you can see, you know, you can see a lot from you know how he's going to handle this moving forward well and how he's handled it since it's happened yeah because people can bounce back um from terrible things but it's going to be tough yeah so it'll be it'll be interesting to see uh what unfolds for kareem hunt and his career now as a cleveland brown yeah i think we uh um i think we'll we'll probably see him play again i mean this i think so before this happened, if I a team's willing, if a team's we going to see him again, if a team's willing to sign him, they're going to be willing to put him out on the field. Yep, that's how I feel. So, so all right, we're probably going to see him play. Moving on from that, bigger news now, and to a much bigger superstar. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's all but over for the Triple Bs in uh, Pittsburgh. So Ant- Antonio Brown has officially requested a trade from the Steelers as of today, and NFL Twitter went wild with superstar players from other teams trying to recruit. A B yeah. to well, come to it's to tough p- though. Their I team. mean, he has no power. Exactly, and I don't think the Steelers should trade him. I'm, I mean, I th- I think the Steelers already showed how they're running shit. Exactly, and how they're gonna do shit. The Le'Veon and Bell situation they, told me everything I need to know about this situation. Yeah, so I mean, the 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 Steelers don't have to do shit, <laughs> and I don't think they're going to. There, I, I just don't think NFL teams can like lowball them. You know what I mean? No, you can't. You can't lowball a player of Antonio Brown's caliber. He's I, had a six-year run. I, I think they can just pass on everything. They can say no to everybody, and at the same time, if someone comes at them with an idiot, um, you know, or just a favorable deal for them, then they're going to take it. Steelers have all the power uh, on this one, which is which is too bad. But Antonio Brown is probably not going to play Week One. Listen to this. Antonio Brown has posted six straight seasons with 100 receptions, the longest streak in NFL history. His 837 receptions are the most through 130 career games in NFL history, and his 9,145 receiving yards over the last six seasons are the most in a six-season span in NFL history. If you are not giving away the farm for Antonio Brown, you're not getting him. Yeah, yeah, they they don't have to take anything um, other than you know a fair a fair trade. They're gonna have to get a superstar, a lot of money, or you know a, a lot, lot of picks, draft picks, something, a couple so. first rounders for sure. Yeah, which is gonna be tough. So that's why I just don't think anything's gonna happen. And we could see Antonio Brown. I mean, we could see the Steelers sit Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown back to back seasons because which would be unreal. They didn't, you know, although they didn't make the playoffs this year, so it did end up biting them in the ass, but. They still basically were pretty productive on the field. Yeah, I don't think, think Le'Veon Bell is the reason why they didn't make it. Yeah, I mean it came it came down to the last game for the Steelers mm-hmm. to make it into the playoffs. So yeah, it's not, and Connor played so well. James Connor played so well. That yeah, he got he kind of got bit by the injury and, bug and towards the end gonna of the happen season. With Antonio Brown. I mean, Juju Smith is going to step into the number one spot. I've seen the Steelers do this a million times. And then uh, it's literally the, the story guy, of their organization. Almost. The guy, the guy that comes in next is going to be James Washington. Um, he's been with the team. He was an absolute stud in college. You're huge on him. One of the most decorated college players ever. Um, and so, I, well, I'm huge on him because I knew he was a decorated college player. No, he I gets know. Drafted to the team that I basically feel like is the farm for yeah, wide the perfect setup for him in in the NFL. They just next man up is a superstar. I mean, Antonio Brown wasn't, you know, he wasn't Antonio Brown when they got him. He he blossomed under other, you know, playing the other side of a superstar. Yeah, 100%. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see where Antonio Brown ends up. Me personally, mm-hmm. I don't think he's going anywhere because yeah, I don't it's, either. it's just the way the Steelers organization is run. They're not going to put any player above – the franchise. Yep. And they don't have to. No, they don't because they have the pedigree to not. Yeah, and they have the and they have players. They're not bad. They're not a bad football team. No. It you know, it's it'd be tough if Larry Fitzgerald was doing this with the Cardinals or something like that, you know, like Yeah, that's all they got. That's what they got. Yeah. And that's their most marketable player. Brown's just another guy. Yeah. So all right, let's uh let's transition now from the gridiron to the hardwood. 
we got the starting five for you right now. We got five NBA topics we're going to discuss. And the first one, uh, I think it's pretty much the story of the day uh, after last night. Uh, Paul George, should he be considered in the MVP race now? Last night, he posted a triple-double with 47 points, 12 rebounds, 10 assists, and two steals in a win for the Thunder over the Portland Trailblazers. It's a pretty important matchup mm-hmm. in the Western Conference. Uh, it's also the same game. Russell Westbrook extended his triple-double streak to 10 straight games, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but for the season, Paul George is currently averaging 28.7 points per game, 8 rebounds per game, four assists per game and he leads the league in steals, steals. at 2.3 points per or yeah. 2.3 steals per game. Yep. Oklahoma City is currently 37 and 19. They're third in the West, three and a half games out of first place and they've won 12 out of their last 13 games. Yeah, they're rolling. Yeah. Now, what's very interesting to me and I saw it on Twitter earlier today, someone did the research. They went back and looked up who are the play- who are the only players in NBA history to average at least 28, 8, 4, and 2. And besides Paul George, who is currently doing that, there is only one other player to do it. LeBron James. No. James. The other GOAT. Kobe? No. The other GOAT. Michael Jordan? Yes. Jeez. Michael Get Jordan. GOAT straight. <laughs> Michael Jordan. 28, 8. Four and two? Yes. Man, that's surprising LeBron didn't do that. Michael Jordan did that in 1988-89. He averaged 32.5 points per game, mm-hmm. eight rebounds, eight assists, 2.9 steals per game. Yeah. So, I mean, pretty pretty elite company when it's you and Michael Jordan as the only yeah. two players yeah. to have this sort of stat line. Yeah, it's a weird it's a weird spread, though. It's a very mean? weird spread, but it's like, I've, it, I, I found don't know it pretty if that cool. really means – anything as far as like putting him in the same the same breath as like those seasons because it's like he he's having a great season and he should be thrown into the mix but he's not going to win MVP no I don't think he's going to win MVP but and I don't think he's a regular threat but for like uh I mean for the sake of talking you know what I mean people <laughs> have to talk about the MVP race and I just don't think it's a race this year T-Mac T-Mac on the jump earlier today said he would rank it Giannis Paul George James Harden that's just because people are just like they don't like James Harden right. Well, now. and they're also giving team nobody, success. Nobody likes how Harden's playing. Nobody likes the Rockets. T Mac T Mac also said that he was holding James Harden's start to the season against him. Yeah, which is fine. I mean No, I'm just t- saying. Which is fine. And it's like, you know, T Mac I mean, I think he's just trying to give props to different people. He's trying to have a different approach. But he knows that he knows that James Harden's gonna win the MVP this year. Yeah, there's just no. I mean, he's throwing up Wilt Chamberlain, like starting to, in you know, Wilt Chamberlain has his own record book. It's like Wilt Chamberlain <laughs> yeah. when it comes to scoring and rebounding. It's like there's Chamberlain's records and then there's everybody got, else's records. I got a dope Wilt Chamberlain stat coming for you when we talk about. Uh, and so it's just another like, topic in a little bit. It's just like what James Harden is doing. I think just kind of takes away from everybody else's shots this year because I think he's just going to run away with it. But yeah. I think Paul George deserves the acknowledgement of being in the race for yeah. sure. I think he's I, he's a stud. I mean, he I think he's like he's really back now. You oh, for I mean? sure. I, it's been a couple years. He's really got his legs underneath him. He's really confident again. And it reminds me when he was in Indiana, there was points where people, you know, he was like in the mix as a top five player in the, 100%. NF- in the NBA. Hundred percent so, takeover player. Dude. And now it just allows Russ to do whatever he wants. He can run and, and Russ has been. And run around and get all the rebounds, get all the assists, you know, set up the offense. And he has no pressure on him to score buckets anymore. Yeah. It's just crazy that Paul George in his last 10 games, he's averaging 37 points per game, 8.5 rebounds, 4.7 assists, 2.5 steals per game, and then shooting 50% from the field in his last 10 games. Yeah, no, I mean, they're both on. They're, the NBA is just uh, it's a, it's an evolving sport. I'm trying – I'm. I'm trying to think, like, was there a time in NBA history where there have been so many, like, greats? Because, well... Yeah, for sure. It's just the the stats are changing. Yeah. I mean, it's just like... Yeah, because... It's going to even out. It's it's just like the passing stats. 
uh, in football. All the all the offensive stats, um, just with all the new information that's coming out, um, and and the way the youth game is played. You know, we didn't think. I didn't think. I grew up thinking no one would ever average triple double again. Yeah. Now it's been done three years in a row. Um, I didn't think anyone would ever touch Wilt's scoring records, and now I think it's completely up for grabs. I I didn't think I'd ever see someone average forty a game. I think that's completely up for grabs. Yeah. There, you know, in two thousand, what was it? In like two thousand three, there were two teams that averaged over a hundred points a game. Now there's now there's nobody that averages under a hundred points a game. Yeah, everybody's so over. So it's like it was that fast. The game changed that fast. So I think you just have to take it all. Take it all in slowly, you know what I mean? It's uh it's a changing game, so don't people tend to overreact. Um, I think these guys are just setting the setting the bar for the future, uh, to show you what's gonna happen. Yeah, when when on the jump when it was today it was Rachel Nichols, Paul Pierce and uh T Mac. So when they were they were talking about the Russell Westbrook, James Harden stuff, which yeah. we'll get into in a in a little bit, um, for our own, but T-Mac was saying that because of the way the game has changed and the offense and the shot clock going to 14 on an offensive rebound instead of all the way back to 24 in the pace of play, he believes that Kobe could have scored 100 in today's game. I mean, that's with a bunch of people. That's that's what I mean by, like, I don't think there's more. The the stats of this generation is – well, this is, like, the beginning generation of, like, where people's stats are going to be different. Yeah. Um, That's just how it is. You're going to, like, you're going to compare these stats differently to the – uh, you know, pre, pre like LeBron era, um, is going to be looked at differently when it comes to scoring and stuff. I mean, but I don't think there's definitely not more greats ro- walking around. You know what I mean? I think the '90s was loaded with talent. The 2000s, same with the '80s. The 2000s was loaded with talent. Yeah, all all those um, teams had had superstars. Yeah. Now it's just like every team has one like MVP that just dominates the ball. Yeah. And then there's like the super teams. Yeah. It's I just, like you got a ball handler or you got a super team. I guess I guess the reason why that question came to my head was I was trying to think back and it was like there was only like a few teams that had like a legit superstar or a few superstars where it was like in the eighties it was like the Lakers and Showtime, the Celtics and Larry Bird and all of them. Yeah, well, and that's then, that era. That's, right. That's how uh, contracts worked. Right. But then, but I'm saying, like, still in that era, you had, like, only, well, not only, but, like, Julius Irving, Charles Barkley, Moses Malone, and the Sixers. Yeah, they then were there, had, though. Like, there was more stars than, like, you can name off top. Yeah. And it's just different. I mean, like... There's more stars because of like social media, you know. People oh, for like, sure. People like Nick Young and PJ Tucker and these guys. Yeah, are like those guys are more, superstars. Way more famous because of that kind of stuff. Um, the NBA has always had stars. It's just a different marketing machine. It's it's a more valuable sport. It's you know the, it's just changing super super fast. The game is changing. It's going to be a lot more points, a lot more scoring, a lot higher usage. Players playing, you know. They're playing with the minutes and the rotation. Guys sit in games so they can play more minutes. Yep. Um, there's going to be a bunch of stuff it, it changing in, in this sport, and we're just kind of seeing, you know, seeing what happens from it. Yeah, it's just it's very cool to watch the evolution happen in real yeah, time. Yeah, there's no expectations anymore. I no, mean, there, I, really, I don't think I really there think, are. I think Russell Westbrook and Steph Curry and the Warriors um, and, you know, LeBron James – they're, they've just like changed like my outlook on how I nothing's impossible. <laughs> nothing's impossible in the league. Yeah, it's just people it, are gonna do some crazy shit. We've seen things we never thought we'd see before and it's changed how we yeah. basically analyze yeah. and evaluate and bring, what we're seeing. And bringing guys from other generations into the into different games is just dumb. <laughs> like because they they were they were great players at that time with that with that system and how it was set up yeah. to be good. There's there's pros and cons to both both games, yeah. Michael Jordan and Kobe and and these guys probably could have scored a hundred in today's game, but you know Giannis and and LeBron and KD would have been f- probably the best defenders ever if they could hand check on the perimeter. Yeah. So it's like you just don't know what's affecting what, so you kind of just gotta take it for what it is. All right, take it for the ride of the generation. <laughs> All right, so the next topic we're gonna discuss it's uh, obviously I think. A, p- a part of this evolution and a part of social media and the accessibility 
of the players and the NBA itself. Yeah, the NBA is uh, fucking teetering with dangerous territory with this kind of stuff. Yeah, so it's becoming a player ran league. It, very much so. So the Lakers found themselves in the middle of a tampering investigation once again regarding Ben Simmons requesting to talk to Mag- Magic Johnson. Um, and the Sixers GM, Elton Brand, former Clipper, former Sixer, uh, insinuated that the Lakers reached out first, but in all actuality, the Sixers reached out to the Lakers, and the Lakers said no. And so the league deemed that the Lakers did nothing wrong and no mm-hmm. tampering yep. fines will be given out or anything. Yep. Now, the Lakers have been subject to a few tampering investigations and have been fined in the past, and most recently, Bucks co-owner Mark Lazary was fined for comments about Anthony Davis uh, last week when all the craziness was going on uh-huh. with Anthony Davis. So, we know that no matter what the NBA tries to do to deter teams, executives, and players from tampering, we know it still goes on. You can't police it. Right. So... The places it go really goes on, especially between the players, like player to player, is at events like anything Team USA related. Uh, so like the Vegas training camps these every dudes year. Are friend, I mean, these guys have been playing AU ball against each other their whole lives. Right. They went to college with these guys. They went to high school with these guys. Right. They they've been following them on Twitter since they were sixteen. Right. They, you know what I mean? There's you cannot police it. The players are going to start making decisions on what they want to do and who they want to play with. And players are building their own teams. It's already started. And I just – I don't think you're going to be able to get it back. And the NBA is never going to – I don't believe the NBA will ever turn back the clock with the free agent rules, you know, as far as, like, having – giving team – teams are not going to get more power in keeping their players. You know well, I mean? they tried like, to do that with the Supermax, and the players just turned them down. Yeah, exactly, because they're <laughs> smart. I mean, it makes sense. You know, like, what's the difference? Oh, so I get $210 million, but I get no, like, rights, or I get $150 million and I have all the options in the world. Right. You know, like, and at that time, most of those guys aren't coming off of rookie contracts getting a Supermax. They've already been paid. Right. You know, This I mean? is so their third not, contract. It's not like they need to take care of their families most likely their families are already taken care of. This is now that generational wealth. Yeah, I think the the only one that made sense out of all that Supermax shit was Steph. Yeah. That was the only one that made sense yeah. because he was drafted by them. He's going to stay with them more than likely. He is that franchise now. Right. Um, that one just like made sense. It was the only, that was basically the only good thing that came out of that. Right. So, Steph got compensated for how he should be compensated. I mean, he was making like $11 million a year winning 73 games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he deserves it. The other ones, you know, the John Wall and uh, um, was it Harden? Oh, I guess Harden was like. Yeah, well, Harden was. Harden worked out. Yeah. You know? I mean, he should be compensated more for what he does. Yeah, but. and then John Wall was doing that, obviously, because. Why well, not? John, John Wall is a bona fide stud. I think the Wizards dropped the ball on that. Well, one. I don't think the Wizards I, – I mean, obviously because of the injury, the Wizards not now, knowing all yeah, of that now. was going to happen, committing that money to a healthy John Wall, yeah, mm-hmm. sure, they're all in on that. But so like like I was saying before, it's like the tampering happens at like the training camp at yeah. Vegas every yeah. year for the Team USA, yeah. the FIBA World Cup, the Olympics. That's Summer where, League. Yeah, like that's know. where Boogie and Draymond and yeah. KD all became yeah. friends. Yeah, at, but the, at agencies, here's yeah. all that kind of stuff. What's happening this weekend? The All-Star Game. The All-Star Weekend in Charlotte. Yeah. Everybody who is anybody in the NBA be will there. be there. Yeah. That is one of the places where all of the behind-closed-door tampering goes on. Big time. So... I mean, I think I think we've kind of answered it already. Plus, but it's just like, where's the weirdness? Like, if I was just like, man, I, I want to play with Ant Davis, but I've never talked to him. If I'm like a superstar in the NBA, I'm just like, yo, Ant, what's up? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> it's like, I've seen you on the court it's plenty easy. of times. It's like, easy. hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Yeah. Um, but I think, I think we've basically kind of already answered it for ourselves. I, I had the question written down. Should the NBA turn a blind eye on tampering? Yes. Okay. I think Perfect. So. I think – I think it just would make it – I think they just would make their lives easier. They'd have less suspensions. Um, they could probably, like, parlay that into, you know, some sort of negotiation tactic, like, we'll yeah, stop for the, this for the next CBA. if you do this, you know, kind of a push and pull. Yeah, like, let's scenario. say the league – let's say the league, the next CBA – when CBA negotiations come up, let's say the league goes to the Players Association and say, hey, we'll turn a blind eye on tampering. 
I just think you got to give us this, this, and this. Yeah, I just think it's like, yo, players should be able to do what they want to do. And it's like, where can you draw the line? Is like, were these guys friends or is it tampering? Yeah. Well, like, you know, because it's just like, I would just be like, this is my friend I'm talking to. I can say, like, there's no, I don't think there's any laws against that. Now, going on record with the media is completely different. But then. But it's like Twitter, uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, all that kind of, your, 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 the, your websites, all that kind of shit should be fair game. Here's the thing, though, with the media, and we've seen it with players and executives getting in trouble for saying stuff in the media. Why is the media allowed to ask that? Well, I mean. Or ask questions the, about impending free agency. Well, because that's that's what they do. They're trying okay. to spark controversy. Perfect. No, that's you know what no, I mean? that's that's the media's job is to get yeah. the answers, and yeah. that's why they have yeah. to ask those questions. Yep. And it's frust- it's frustrating for me, as uh, someone who studied journalism in college. Yeah. And it's like the first thing they tell you when you become a journalism major is, journalism is about seeking the truth and finding it and reporting yeah. it. Yeah. So that's that's all these media the, the journalists like, are trying to do. You should not. I just think like the the line should be like basically everything's fair game. But like if you're you should not be able to like post your uh, or not post, but like have a small list of teams when you're playing for another team. Well, see, that's all. That's like where the that's, that's all where it gets the, a little shady. That's you know what I mean. That's all the agents leaking who exactly. should be calling they, the teams. These dudes need to be smart. You know, take it like yo, like. I'm just talking to my buddies about like my future in my life. Like, yeah, you don't need to get any more detailed than that. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a really slippery slope and it's, it's just becoming a player's ran league, which is not a, it's not a terrible thing. It's just going to, um, but what happens when it's going to affect the CBA and contracts and how it all goes down and the NBA could change, change the rules, but I highly doubt it. But what happens when the patients start running the asylum? Well, I mean, we'll see. I, I exactly. Think, but they, you know, they are the league. They are the product. Yeah. Uh, they should, you know, With, they should have more power. No, without them, there's no NBA. They should have more power and they should be able to pick where they want to go after living out certain contracts. You know what I mean? That's something they should be able to do. If if the, if well, you want to build the team on the side, go ahead. That's the whole point of after the rookie deal. If you don't get your option to picked up by your team you become an either an unrestricted or a restricted free agent. the big losers in all this is small market teams 100 percent. that's the that's the only like and that that's why the that's supermax, the only thing that like kind of sucks about it that's why the supermax was ultimately created they though. gave them a fair chance to keep their players but no one was taking them yeah so it just sucks it's tough for the uh the small market teams to do it um they got to do it all by coaching <laughs> and system and stuff you know it's, it's tough hey somehow dallas is been able to stay afloat and i mean dallas is a bigger market dallas is i think is a major sports market okay i think the best i think the best one the the best one is like okc with the thunder memphis you know and like that's even just maybe yeah Yeah, barely all right san antonio i guess is the, the one i was looking for that's yeah, like the San stand. Antonio That's is like the standard. They're the only pro team, just like Oklahoma City. Yeah. Um, but all right. The next topic we're gonna discuss, and we already mentioned it a little bit when we were talking about Paul George, but which streak is more impressive to you? Russell Westbrook's ten straight games with a triple double, or James Harden's thirty straight games with thirty points or more? Now, both happened last night. And last night. Russell Westbrook broke the record for most consecutive games with a triple-double, passing Wilt Chamberlain, who recorded nine in a row in 1968. Russ is also currently averaging 11.2 points or 11.2 assists per game and has a total of 537 assists. He leads the league with the most assists total and almost 100 more than Drew Holiday, who is second, who has 456 total assists. Yep. And then Kyle Lowry is averaging 9.1, who's in second place. So he's a full 1.1 assist ahead of Kyle Lowry. It's two. 2.1. Oh, yeah, 2.1. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, a full two assists. Yeah, Yeah. two full assists ahead of Kyle Lowry. Now, Harden is currently chasing a record held by Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt holds the record for most and second most consecutive 30 points or more games. Wilt did it 31 times, spanning two seasons from 1962 into the 62-63 season. Yeah. 
And then before that, he had a streak of 65 games mm-hmm. beginning in November of 61, and that streak ended three days before he started the streak of 31. Yeah. Um, like I said, he's got a different set. Yeah. Of, uh, he's got a different set of records. Yeah. Now, Harden hasn't had more than two triple-doubles in a row this season, which is irrelevant to the argument. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to look and see if he has had more than yeah. two triple-doubles just to kind of get a comparison of the triple doubles, but this season, 88% of his made field goals are unassisted. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's, what do you think is more impressive? It's tough. I I think they're, they're both extremely, you know, like I was saying earlier, they're just both things I never thought I would see. Yeah. Um, this, this James Harden season is, uh, is definitely up there with the one of the most impressive scoring seasons I've ever seen. Yeah, the, AI, T Mac, Kobe, um, those are the guys that come to my mind. And now it's him; he's going to be thrown in there, uh, just sniffing thirty point, you know, thirty five points a game. That's, yeah, it's close to it. Um, but you know, the ten straight triple doubles, an all time record. I, I'd probably have to lean towards that. But see, I'm it's, giving it. It's, the past couple seasons, you know, take away from what Russ is doing. But this would be his third it. straight year in a row of averaging a triple-double. Yeah, no, exactly. That's He's setting the bar. He's setting the standard. We're seeing where the pace is being set. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a whole new whole new a league, whole new game. Um, I, I have to give it to Russ, uh, I think. with It's the way he does it, too. I mean, he's, like, dominating. And uh, he's, taking, he's getting 16, 17 rebounds. He's or, taking a complete backseat to Paul George. He's letting Paul do his thing. But also, you know, James Harden's team probably wouldn't be winning any games. They completely fumbled the offseason. That's the problem. Uh, that's but that's the not problem. James Harden's fault I but come say. come playoff time they tried to put together a team that could outscore the warriors they've been injured all year they've dropped the ball they you know they lost they lost defense to get offense and they lost the offense that they got yeah um it's he's it's just impressive he's put this team on his back yeah but i just think come playoff time when you're in a seven game series i think it's going to change gonna now be, with with chris paul i mean he did, he barely got his his 30 the last game. Dude, he scored like, I think, 11 points in the last 100 seconds of yeah. the game. Yeah, so it's like, I think it's going to come to an end soon. I think he really was like trying to just over, he was overdoing it. He was overcompensating. That was the only way they were staying in games. So I think it'll change, you know, as far as like the playoffs. We'll see what kind of team they are going into the playoffs and what they look like post All Star break. But getting Eric Gordon and, and Chris Paul back, I think he's going to um, scale it back a tad. Yeah. All right. Well, I just that was one of the other hot topics that was being discussed today because both yeah, things kinda, happened last night. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate that that's um, you have to pick one of those. Cause yeah, no, don't get me wrong. They're both stupid impressive. And it's just like 30 points in 30 games. That's triple the amount of games that we're talking about with Russ. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that also But plays. Russ is still averaging it for the no, season. No, like if it was 20 – if it was – if it was 20 triple doubles and or if it was 30 triple doubles and 30 30 point games it wouldn't even be a oh, question. no it wouldn't be a question but you know but that, hey i mean listen russ's streak is still going let's see how long he can keep it going for yeah. um now the next thing it kind of goes hand in hand what you what you think is more impressive um i heard on the road trip and podcast which initially started with richard jefferson and channing fry and it's now kind of changed as Richard is not in the league and Channing is still in the league. And there's, yeah. there's a lot of moving pieces now with, with yeah. the podcast, but whatever. A, a lot of NBA players are on it on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, and this past episode, they had the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, it was a group of them. It was Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love, Jordan Clarkson, and Larry Nance, along with uh, Channing Fry and a host. I, f- I forget her name. But the discussion was brought up what's more impressive or what's more important to someone's legacy finals MVP or regular season MVP. And I think they, they all agreed. And I know we're probably going to agree and it's finals MVP because at the end of the day in sports and in basketball and in competition, the ultimate thing is to win and to win a championship. Yeah. And a finals MVP is the best player on the best team hoisting up the trophy at the end of the year. 
regular season MVP, great. It's a great accomplishment. It's a great accolade. But I think at the end of the day, your name is made in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, some people's names are made in the playoffs. Most people's names are made in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, you know, T-Max wasn't. Okay. You know All what right. I mean? You, you know what I mean? You get what I'm saying. Though. Yeah, I get I get where the, you can cement your legacy in the playoffs, but I, de- I definitely disagree. I think – Really? The, yeah, I think the regular season is way more – way more of a of a of a stamp on um your legacy you know what i mean like because it's a longer sample size yeah, yeah it's a, you dominate an 82 game span whereas finals mvp it's not the best player always going to the it's the best player of that seven game series i wouldn't say tony parker um and uh um iggy D- iggy yeah i wouldn't say they were the best players uh, the best player on the, they played the best, but they were the most valuable. And it's not, it's not a, you know, the question's not, is it what's more prestigious, the MVP award or winning the championship? Obviously, winning is everything, but the question's about, you know, the finals MVP cement your legacy. And I, I just like, I don't know, I don't see it. I don't see it that way. I don't see it as a finals MVP. Like Iguodala is a perfect example. Right. I don't think that cemented his legacy in the league. I think uh, he's got the same legacy he would have had without it. I think that is like a nice piece, but the championships are way more important. And a, a regular season MVP to me is like uh, arguably the most prestigious outside of a, outside of an actual championship ring. But it is the most prestigious award. I just think as far as an individual player. Here's my thing though, with especially with how the league has been the last eight to ten years realistically you probably could have given the mvp to lebron all eight to ten years realistically yeah, yeah the regular so, season but it's not necessarily the best player i mean they do put into consideration i think the time of the year so exactly so and i think that because you can have multiple different options and multiple different arguments on who could be the regular season mvp it's not as exclusive as a finals mvp because James Harden is going to win the MVP this year, correct? We both yeah. agree on that. Yeah, he's not going to the finals this year. Yeah, no, but that doesn't that. That's what I mean. I don't think like if like Andre. I don't know who was the MVP that year. Was that the seventy three or was that the year before the seventy three? Year before. So like I, I'm pretty sure Steph was the MVP that year, and you know Iguodala was the Finals MVP. It's just like Steph was the best player. Steph's the player you remember. It was Steph's team. Right. That is way more of, of an individual accolade that's way more important. You know, there's just – I don't know. The finals MVP to me has always kind of been a secondary award. It's nothing – I'll throw out all NBA is more important. I'll throw out NBA champion is more important. Well, we're not but, talking about all those. We're talking about just finals MVP no, but, and regular season but that's, MVP. But that's where I rank, like, this kind of award. I don't just, see Okay, it. okay. All right, I see what you're saying. It's like even – even like Kawhi Leonard in 2014, like that was like his emerging, like party. Basically, he was a stud for them all year, and then won the Finals MVP. I don't necessarily think that was his team per se. Like no, Duncan, because, well, Ginobili. Duncan, Ginobili, and Parker were still on that team. It was exactly. just so, he was he was, and he's going to end up getting the other individual accolades. So that one will work out. Yeah, but and he's a two-time Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, you know, like Chauncey Billups. Uh, Chauncey Billups, I'm looking at the list right now. Chauncey Finals Billups, MVPs. Yeah, Tony Par- Chauncey Billups, Tony Parker, Andre Iguodala. Well, who's those team? guys? Are, those guys. I will take Charles Barkley, Allen Iverson, Tracy McGrady, Kevin Garnett. Well, not Kevin Garnett. He's won a chip, but like the three, those three guys never never did shit really in the playoffs. But they're league MVPs. Those guys are looked at in a brighter light than a, a Chauncey Billups, a Tony Parker, and Andre Iguodala. You know what I mean? Okay. Like Barkley. Yeah. No. You know, no, league I'm, MVP. I no, you're right. League MVP. These guys are better, and that put a that like made their without that MVP. They aren't who they are. They aren't who they are. It, it takes a little bit away from it if they don't have that MVP. Okay. It's you know I think it's like the difference. You know, I'm trying to think of like a good like one of the best players to not win MVP, but all the good names are escaping me right now. Okay. Well, and and I don't know if I said this at the top, but all the Cleveland players agree that finals MVP is more. Yeah, uh, I know, which is weird to me, but I think that they're 
I think they're putting in the 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 idea of it being tied with the championship. Yeah, that ha- I mean, yeah, because that's that's yeah. my logic. Yeah, and it's it's like I mean, LeBron should have won it that year they lost. I mean, the year Andre Iguodala won it, that should have been, you know, it's really like well, that. Like he, I mean, losing Kyrie and Love before the the series starts and puts them on their back. Yeah, you know, that's that that there's just I don't know. Not a big fan of Finals MVP. Only one player to win Finals MVP on the losing team. Who is it? Oh man, we've done this before. I know we have. Uh, <laughs> I think I want to say it's Jerry West. It is. Yeah, okay. Jerry West. Yeah. All right, all right. Now before we get out of here, thought we'd end on a light note. Like we said uh, when we were talking about the tampering, this weekend is NBA All Star Weekend. It was. It's in Charlotte this year. Last year was so much fun here in LA. I uh, can't wait till it comes back. But uh, Tyler and I thought it would be fun to kind of give our predictions for all the events for this weekend. So obviously the first event Friday night is the Rising Stars game. They changed it from the rookie-sophomore game a few years back. I always, I always liked it better when it was rookie-sophomore. Um, but that's just me. So we got the world team versus the team from the U.S., the USA. Uh, I don't even need to look at the roster of Team USA. I'm an American I am going for team USA I am predicting team USA gets the victory um that's they've had they have they haven't had the better team I feel like the last couple of years. no they have not um uh I don't even think they've won since uh, they've changed it from world to US but this year I think the the American team's got it yeah are you looking at the roster right now yeah but so you have US or world uh, I think U.S. is going to win this one. No, um, but I'm saying, do you have the U.S. team's roster or the I, world team roster? I have roster? both of them up. Oh, okay. Um, did, so, did they... Did, did they, they just, replace Lonzo? No, I, I was I don't think say, they did. I don't, but they have one more player on their team. You know, so, like, the rosters match up evenly right now. Oh, so then maybe they did. Yeah, or maybe they announced it after his injury. I don't know. No, they didn't. they didn't. They didn't. He was healthy when they announced it. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. But, yeah, it's a, it's an even roster, so. All right, well, that's cool. So, yeah, so we both got Team USA winning the Rising Stars game now yeah. Saturday, which I think is the best night of All-Star Weekend, obviously the most entertaining. We got the Skills Challenge, the Three-Point Challenge, and the Dunk Contest, like always. Yeah. And in the Skills Competition this year, um, and a few years back they changed it to break it up between the bigs and the, the guards. So this year we got Mike Connolly, Luka Doncic, De'Aaron Fox, Nikola Jokic, Kyle Kuzma, Jason Tatum, Nikola Vucevic, and Trey Young. Who do you got winning the skills competition? Oh, man, it's tough because it's like you got to find the players that have the uh, all all aspects of the game. Well, and and you're like trying to think who's gonna like try the hardest. That's like the right. I mean, I think that's like the whole thing behind it is like it, so. In, in, in saying that, I I mean. I think the guys to watch out for is Donkic and Trey Young, just because they're young. Okay. Um, they want. I think Donkic is trying to prove stuff. Trey Young is trying to prove stuff. Trey Young and Donkic both have the like massive, massive amounts of skill as far yeah. as like passing, shooting, dribbling, all that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, like the rest of these guys, I just don't. You know, maybe I don't see them really trying that hard. Yeah. I mean. Like Mike Conley, what the fuck? You know, like that's weird. And Nick, Nikola, Nikola Jokic is just slow as hell. And Vucevic, you know, that's a weird one too. Tatum and Kuzma will be fun to watch because obviously they, people always yeah. compare those two. Yeah, they could be good. Um, I'm going with Luca, uh, yeah. because I think he's got. Um, he he wants to prove to everybody yeah. that this season isn't really a fluke. But as much as it pains me to say this. Watch out for De'Aaron Fox because that kid is quick. He's, yeah, he's arguably the fastest, so fastest guy in the league. Initially, I wanted to go with De'Aaron Fox, but it's like, eh, I think Luka's more skilled fundamentally than De'Aaron Fox is. But Plus, it's just that little, like, zigzag dribble. That's, well, like, really, like, they don't do a ton of running. Right, exactly. But I think the ability to get up and down the court the way De'Aaron Fox does, like, from yeah, end to end. Yeah could have some sort of something to do with no, he def- him potentially he's, he's winning. He's definitely the fastest guy on the list, so that's, yeah. that's going to help in a skills challenge. So, all right, next we got the three-point contest. Yep. The participants are defending champs. Did you know that 2K now, did you know that the 2K19, if you're, like, doing a franchise when you're on the all-star break, that you can play the dunk contest and three-point contest now? Oh, like how NBA Live used to do that? That's awesome. Yeah, like, so – 
So, you know, I mean, I did like a fantasy draft and I had a player in the three point contest. And, and so I just like clicked on it just to see it and it said play. And so you can, you can choose, you can choose like who you want to be the users, like the list of guys. Oh, like that's the game, dope. The game picks the participants and then you can play right. as your guy or all of the guys or a oh, couple that's of the sick. guys. And then the dunk contest too. It was, it was cool. That's cool. Okay. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun messing around with it. All right. Looks like we got to do a, a, yeah, a franchise I, soon. Yeah. I think uh, um, I won the dunk contest with Marquise Chris. Oh. And then the next day, he, the, the next <laughs> day just about, he just got oh. crushed. It was hilarious because I was talking all this shit, obviously, because he's a Husky and I live with uh, – he, he's a Washington Husky and I live with dudes that went to Washington State yeah. University, their rival. So, like, I picked him because I knew they were not going to be the dog. <laughs> and then so I was That's like, awesome. know, let him have it. And then, bam, next day, he died. <laughs> yeah. He died Hizonia, on the court. Mario Hazonia put Marquise Chris in a casket and buried him. I'll forever bad. love the cockback dunk more than anything. Oh, you know, that's why LeBron, when he was younger, like his signature cockback was yeah. just always my favorite. Dunk. Nasty. Uh, but anyway, back to the three point shootout. We got yeah, this is a good one. We this got is like my favorite event for sure. As far as this year goes, like the lineup. Yeah, no, the, a lot of good names in this. We got defending champ Devin Booker. Then we got the Curry brothers, both Seth and Steph making appearances. Steph obviously trying to become a multiple time three point shootout champion. Mm hmm. Then we got Danny Green from the Raptors, Joe Harris from the Nets, Buddy Heald from the Kings, Dame Dollar Dash from the from uh, the Trailblazers, yep. Damian Lillard, yep. and then uh, Chris Middleton, Kemba Walker, and then Old Faithful Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> yeah, Dirk, that, and he getting Dirk. Dirk. Dirk's won this event before. Yes, he has. Now I wanted to go with Dirk, but I don't think he'll be able to make it around the perimeter in under a minute. They because. should they should give him like a minute and a half. That'd be so funny. Have you seen how he's been moving on the court? Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. He just shows up and like uh, he goes last. Everybody gets sixty seconds, but he gets ninety. Hey, why not? Man, why not? But uh, seriously though, I'm gonna go with Steph because he's the greatest shooter ever. Yeah, I also am going with Steph and. Oh, the reason why end. the reason why I mean Seth could for sure win this too. Seth is shooting a better percentage but, than but Seth this Steph, year. Steph, I think the big the big ringer why it lies in the Curry brothers is it's in Charlotte, their hometown. Yeah, daddy, so, dad's the color commentator for the Hornets. Played yeah, for the Hornets. I, I think that the Curry brothers are really going to go out there and try and put on a show and try and win it. Yes, yeah, their hometown. Um, because it's their hometown, even more so than like Kemba being the host. Yeah. Um, I I really like one of the Curry brothers to win it. But I mean, I also got some guys that I'm loyal to. I mean, Danny Green is my is my guy. He's, He's a Tar Heel. Joe Harris is an Eastern Washington kid. Devin Booker, your second best shooting guard, according to you. Devin Booker is my guy. But I mean, <laughs> but I don't I don't owe him anything. I have to shout out Joe Harris and Danny Green anytime I can. They don't get it. They, I can't shout them out all the time. So if, when I get the shot, I will. All right. So we we both got Steph or a Curry brother winning. Yeah, I mean, I think Steph's gonna win. That's yeah. who, that's okay. like that's who I think is gonna win. Um, just because he can go perfect. Yeah. Um, for the event, if he wanted to. Yeah, I mean, five spots, five balls. That's pretty easy for Steph. Mm -hmm. Um. All right. Last but not well, not last but not least, but last but not least for Saturday, the slam dunk contest. Yeah, this is one of my least favorite um, groups for this event I've I, seen in a while. I absolutely hate this group. Why? <sighs> I mean, why the dunk do, contest is hard. We can Zach Levine is here. having a career we year. Can why can't sit you? here and be like, why don't they do this? Why don't they do that? A, I think a ton of guys turn it down. A bunch of guys turned it down. Um, and, Clearly. And uh, it'd be, it's just tough. I mean, it's tough to have a dunk contest. The expectations are so high. If these dunk contests were done at, like, a high school after the game, people would go bananas, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but it's because they're NBA. It's an all-star game. You're waiting for, you know – you're waiting for Vince Carter or Michael Jordan or, you know, something spectacular to happen. I still think they should have put Vince it's in. It's really, really tough. That would have been awesome. I, uh, he turned it in. down. I yeah, think they asked I'm him. I'm sure. I'm sure. But I thought one cool um, idea I had for the dunk contest um, would be to bring it back to the eight-man field. Um, That'd be cool. Two rounds. The uh, I like the head-to-head -head aspect because that kind of just, like, it's not just the top four. Like, you got to win your matchup. Yeah. Um, but I like the idea that the skilled positions did and have a four-man 
big guy bracket. Mm. So four big guys go at it. Your Miles Bridges or your John Collins. Yeah. And then have your little guy bracket and then have the two meet up at the end. Yeah. All right. So the list this year, four participants. Miles Bridges, the rookie from the Hornets from Michigan State. Mm -hmm. Crazy, crazy hops. Big fan of his, but he's a power forward. I mean, he's going to have a hard time. Yeah. It just doesn't look as good when a big guy's doing it. Yep. Uh, when a little guy's up in the air for so much longer. And then we got John Collins from the Hawks, Hamadou Diallo from the Thunder, and then he participated last year when he was a rookie, and he's my pick to win because of that. So I think he knows what he needs to do to now win the contest, and that's Dennis Smith Jr. from yeah. the Knicks. Yeah, Dennis Smith I think is the obvious, like who most people are going to go with. But I also think that the buzz is around Hamadou Diallo because – it just seems like, you know, every year, every couple of years, there's a, there's some guy that we don't know that comes out and wins it. Wins I would have rather contest. seen, I would have rather seen Terrence Ferguson though, from the Thunder than Diallo. Because you know, Terrence Ferguson, you know what I mean? And I, I would have too, but you know, you could have a Jeremy Evans on your hand. You could have, you know, there's every now and then you see these players, you never get to see dunk. A lot of them don't win it. That's why I can't find hey, their names. Brent Barry won a dunk contest. Brent Barry did want a dunk contest. <laughs> Do you, you know the you know the crazy story behind that one? No. Brent Barry's dunk contest. I well, mean, can you picture it? Can you picture his dunk? Yeah. He's wearing like a long sleeve, like he's wearing warm ups. Yeah, he's right? wearing the warm ups. He's wearing. Warm-ups. He did it from the free throw line, or t- t- attempted. Story to. has it that the man underneath was wearing a shirt that said, "White man can jump." And oh. he decided against it Damn. at the end because just, you know, being insensitive or Damn, whatever he the fact done he, it. he felt he uncomfortable done it. doing it. But that's le- legend has it that that's, that's what happened there. I hope that legend is true because if it is, that's dope. And I yeah. wish he wouldn't have worn the warm-up. I wish he would have yeah. wore the shirt that said white men can't jump. I don't know if there's – I didn't do the research, but uh, I'm pretty sure he's won the three-point contest. Yeah, he did. And the dunk contest. I don't know if anyone else has ever done that. I don't know either. I mean, I don't see anyone on this list that makes me feel like they could do it. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, and then, all right, last but not least, Sunday night, we got the main event. We got Team LeBron versus Team Giannis. And the draft results were pretty crazy. Yep. Um, did we talk? Did We did talk about the draft results. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Just making sure. But anyway, I'm going with Team LeBron. Yeah. I think he just has the overall better team. Yeah, which he, means nothing. You no, know. it means nothing. But, I mean, it's the all-tampering team. Yep. So. Classic LeBron. <laughs> Do you think they You think they had that planned? You think LeBron got in touch with Giannis and said, hey, let me, uh, let me take uh, all the tampering guys just to mess with the media? No, I hope not. I hope they didn't talk about it. You know what I mean? I, I would like to think that that's at least how they did it was, you know, up front. But. The, the the other thing is, though, you know, the only reason why I think Giannis has an opportunity is because he has, like, all the big guys. Well, he has Embiid and Jokic yeah. um, out there, and I think he might have even had one more. But he has Blake Griffin and Vucevic. Yeah. Vucevic was the other one. And then the and big, Dirk. Yeah, and the bigs for LeBron are LaMarcus, Anthony Davis, and Carl Anthony Towns. Yep. And, uh, um, and I also, like I said – Watch out for the curry for for the man this weekend in his hometown. I just you gotta you gotta find any sort of little like any sort of little thing you can to find motivation here's, in this game. Here's the problem: motivation. If 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 they if Team Giannis doesn't win, you can't give Steph the MVP. No, but Steph Curry could win the game for them. This is true. I think you. This could, is very true. We could see, but. More than likely, it's gonna it's gonna be some random guy, uh, you know. I don't. It's tough to predict this kind of stuff. And yeah, it's gonna be like a laughing game, laughing matter. I don't know. Yeah. All right. That about wraps it up. You got a shout out before we get out of here? I do. I'm gonna shout out Joe Harris um, <laughs> in the three point contest real quick. Just a little background on this kid. This kid went to a one A high school in Washington State, which is um this like arguably the smallest classification there's two more classifications underneath it but those are even like so it'd be like division five or six here in california yeah well okay so this school 
uh, it's it's in Lake Chelan in Eastern Washington, Chelan, Washington. Um, this school is an enrollment of 415 kids. Right Holy now. shit, that's small. So, I had 900 in my graduating class. class. Okay, so 415 kids. This kid's played small school ball um, in Eastern Washington. And if you know anything about Washington, it's basically two different states. Um, Eastern Washington is just like this flat, dry. You know, it's very far away from Seattle. Um, and uh, that's where he's living at. And he was recruited by Washington State because obviously he torched um, as a high schooler at a small school. Um, he's six seven, uh, so he was recruited Stands by Washington at Washington State at the time. Was uh, I always call him his dad's name, but I think it's Tony Bennett, right? Yeah, I always call him his dad's name. But okay, yeah, Tony Bennett. So Tony Bennett, the coach of Virginia, where he went to school. Tony Bennett at the time when when Joe Harris was in high school was coaching Washington State, yep. which is in Eastern Washington. Um, so when Tony Bennett, uh, cha- that was his last year at Wazoo was um, Joe Harris's senior year of high school basketball. He goes to Virginia, so Joe Harris follows, uh, you know, Bennett to Virginia. I've never seen a Washington recruit leave go Washington. To, yeah, go to no. Well, I mean, they leave Washington, but to go to Virginia, yeah, to go like that far away, they usually stay on that, the West Coast. That big, big time of a school let alone from a small school kid, not some kid from Seattle or Tacoma. Right. You know, a kid from the, Chelan. The powerhouses plays of Washington. Plays five years of college basketball. Red shirts and plays four years, you know, plays for four years. Yeah, he's not a one-and-done guy. Uh, not a one-and-done guy. Has now gotten three NBA contracts. He's going to be in the NBA three-point contest this week. Um, you know, we always hear about the guys that were McDonald's All-Americans, one-and-done, blah, blah, blah. Joe Harris is really like a crazy success story. I mean, oh, 100%. I don't think he would have made the league if he stayed at Washington State. You know what I mean? There, if he would have had one bad year at Virginia, but everything just fell into line for him. Well, shout out Joe Harris then. Yes, sir. And then my shout out this week is to the reigning NL West champions. It's the Dodgers. Their pitchers and catchers reported this morning, had their first <laughs> workouts. Baseball season. <laughs> So position players are reporting. There in a few is literally days. no off season for baseball. It's not like one of those corny T-shirts. It's like no, there really is no off season. Baseball is back. Yeah, spring baseball. training is here. God, it's terrible. So with that, that wraps up this episode of the TSK Show. Don't forget, you can find us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore World underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK Show in the search bar. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us as well. We are also now on Anchor. Just go to anchor.fm slash TSK Show or just download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace. Later.